I get those goosebumps every time You come around, yeah You lose my mind, you make everything so fine Worry about those times I'm way too dumb, yeah It's way too dumb, yeah I get those goosebumps every time I need the Heimlich Throw that to the side, yo I get those goosebumps every time, yeah When you're not around me Throw that to the side, yo I get those goosebumps every time, yeah 713 Could've played one, yeah, I'm riding Why they on me? Why they on me? I'm flying Sippin' low-key I'm sippin' low-key and honest I get those goosebumps every time You come around, yeah You lose your mind You make everything so fine Worry about those times I'm way too dumb, yeah It's way too dumb, yeah I get those goosebumps every time I need the hype Throw that to the side, yeah. Oh, Good evening. Oh, hello, <laughs> <Mr. Price. laughs> Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Learning Mag AFC Away Days, the final away days of the season. Um, to see out the season, we are on the beach. Uh, we're officially on the beach. Uh, the sun's coming down. Uh, we're on the beach. Happy days, even the yellow tops out. Um, to signal uh, farewell to the 22-23 season. Um and of course, got the main man with me, Brandy and Blaze, Mr. Chris Hall. How you doing, my man? How's things? All good, mate. Yeah, all good. Um, another another really busy day in work today, but I've got four days off now. So um, looking forward to that, spending a bit of time in the sun with the kids and the wife. So that'll be lovely. Um, what about yourself, Pete? How are you? Great. Half term for me. Yeah. Week off, happy days. <laughs> although, although you know, anyway, the, the family have been unwell. I'm, I'm the only yeah, one that survived yeah. so far without without being ill. So, um, yeah, uh, fingers crossed. Um, I'll make it through next week unscathed. But yeah, looking forward to a few days uh, off with the family. Um, however, I will be taking a slight detour from the family on Sunday because I'll be heading down to Stamford Bridge. To sign off the Newcastle United boys um, uh, after a fantastic season. And yes, some may say it's the magic cat. It's actually my boy's magic cat. And if he saw me, if he was awake right now, he would kill me. So I'm going to swap. I do have hair, by the way. Um, I'm going to swap and go back to the original. But uh, look, yes, we are back in business. Um, just want to get your thoughts before we get the main man in um, from that Chelsea podcast. Um, Chris. What's your approach to Sunday? How are you approaching Sunday? Um, you know, we've already got Champions League, fourth in the league. Mm. You happy? Oh, delighted, mate. Absolutely delighted. Like, you know, things things couldn't be better. I think from, a um, you know, uh, the ultimate professional, which Eddie Howe is, I think we will approach this game and we'll want to win it. However, uh, we know uh, Nick Pope's gone under the knife, so he's yeah. he's um, trying to. Is it his finger? Was it? Is there something wrong with his finger? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he's 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 gone under the knife, so he's going to be unavailable. I mean, part of me thinks, you know, anyone anyone who's got any knock or any slight, you know, uh, injury in any any way, you know, should be left out because let's be honest, whether we win, lose, or draw, it doesn't matter. We've got top four. 
Um, but obviously, we want to go to Stamford Bridge and make a good impression. I'm looking forward to seeing Elliot Anderson. I hope he gets a run out. I said this a couple of weeks back, you know, when we've um, with Sean out and Willock out, that it's nice for Elliot Anderson to experience these, you know, these big games at big clubs. Um, so it it would be nice, uh, you know, for the likes of Sean Longstar, um, sorry, the likes of Elliot Anderson to get a run out. But I suppose we'll just have to see. Yeah, it's 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 a funny game because really there's no pressure on us and there's no pressure on Chelsea because Chelsea can't go any higher than what they are now. Uh, we can, but obviously it depends on Man United's results. So it it, it it's got the potential to be a um an in, well a slightly a slightly meaningless game, but I'm sure both clubs will want to win. Um, and the weather's going to be fantastic, and I'm sure the ale's going to be flowing, and you'll know all about that, Pete, on the uh, on Sunday when it when it all kicks off. But you know, it's it's nice to not need anything from this game. I said it ages ago. I didn't want to go into this game having to go to Stamford Bridge and pick up something to ensure we get top four. The fact that we've got it already is more than good enough for me. Like I'm I'm happy. Yeah, definitely. I'm the same. Um, I'm the same. Uh, Free hit Sunday. Go yeah. out there and some of those boys, as you mentioned, and we'll talk about it um, later on in the show, um, can go out there and, and show their worth. That's for sure. And uh, as you quite rightly said, Chris, segbrade is nicely into, you know, the fact that it might be the same, very much the same for Chelsea. Um, they can't move in anywhere on the table. Nothing really significant to play for. But as always, let's get the opinion of the opposition. And it's a pleasure to welcome back in from that Chelsea podcast uh, with hopefully a good network this time. I, de- I definitely think it is. It's uh, Nick Williams. How are you doing, Nick? Evening, everyone. I'm glad, firstly, that the people can see my face, unlike last time. We've uh, resolved that technical difficulty. I have to say, <laughs> boys, that intro, I was getting hyped. I was getting hyped listening to watch that little montage. Oh, Everyone says the same, mate. Uh, where, um, Daz, uh, one of our loaded boys, um, is responsible for that solely. He puts together some fantastic intros and uh, uh, he hasn't failed on that one. And everyone, I think everyone in the chat loves it too. Um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised you get hyped by it because we do every show. You always see us at the back and we're always fist pumping as it's going. Yeah. yeah. But, look, wanted to get your opinions first and foremost. Um, and I'm just going to come out and say it to you right now, like, how do you assess this Chelsea Football Club right now? <laughs> I, I know, I know, we're on a time loop here, but you, what are your thoughts? So, obviously, after this weekend, we've I then got to get round to doing the season review podcast, and I've mm. got obviously predictions made at the start of the summer. But I've genuinely got, aside from looking back and laughing at our horrendous predictions, I've got no clue where to start on it because it's just an absolute mess. Like when we. When I last spoke to you boys, it was relatively normal by Chelsea standards. Granted, we'd already sacked the coach, but it was still felt relatively normal then. Um, yeah, it's been just a mess, really. And the departure of Graham Potter after the Aston Villa game, I don't even know what day that was. It feels for, that feels forever ago. That was just an admission of defeat that this season was over with, that it was done. And it's been... A pretty just grim couple months just seeing it out, really. Nothing to play for. Unsurprisingly, best performances came in that Champions League quarterfinal against Real Madrid when there's something on the line. Yeah. Results in the Premier League or performances in Premier League have been pretty, pretty dire. Um, so the general consensus among Chelsea fans is come about 20, 25 past six on Sunday evening. Just one of jubilation that, that we're free of this of this season and we can we can hopefully start fresh and just 
just try and move on and forget this absolute horror show of the season. Yeah, I can imagine it's been a been a difficult one. And look, I don't want mean to put more pain on onto you, but look, that table does not it does not read well if you're a Chelsea um, if you're a Chelsea fan. And you know, Chris, with seeing Chelsea in 12th place is 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 like shocking, really. But you know, from your perspective as a Newcastle fan, like they they haven't been great this season at all, have they? No, no. I think I think we all expected much more from Chelsea. Um, you know, Graham Potter came in, didn't he? And you know, he done a fantastic job at Brighton. Everyone was just assuming that Potter would kind of, um, you know, start off where he where he left. You know, Brighton. He come into Chelsea, fix things, gets things all sorted. Um, Tuchel left. I, I was quite surprised that Tuchel left, if I'm honest. But maybe, maybe. Well, I'm sure Nick can enlighten us as to you know why that was and why he thinks that um, you know the, the decision was made to get rid of um, to get rid of Tuchel. But uh, I, I suppose after that transfer window as well, I think we were all expecting of his agents. Now, now hindsight's a brilliant thing, isn't it? You know, you can look back and go too many players, too many personalities. You know, it's it's not good, not good for the dressing room, I would imagine. But um, if you'd asked everybody like the day after the transfer window short, I don't think anyone would have said that. I think everyone was just thinking, "Oh my God, Chelsea, Chelsea are going to really go for it now." You know, they're going to really try and really try and kick on. Yeah. And unfortunately, it just didn't happen. Um, I mean, I suppose from from if I was in Nick's shoes, from a, from a Chelsea fan's perspective, I, I I totally get why he can't wait for the season to close, um, because I do think we we will see a different Chelsea next season. And I think all it takes there's all the all the raw materials are there. You know, you've got all all these fantastic players. It's just finding a system that suits those players and getting rid of the ones that you don't want anymore. Um, and who knows, maybe potentially adding one or two extras in. I know there's there's one player who we've spoken about a few times, Pete, who may be through the door already. It's it's a rumour, but it's a strong rumour. Um, so, you know, look forward to talking about that later. But yeah, it's, seeing Chelsea in 12 does feel a bit odd, but um, I wouldn't get too used to it because I think next season they will be back. And, you know, going on to what Chris has talked about is that he expects, from a Newcastle perspective, to for you to bounce back. Nick, um, you know, what What are your thoughts about next season now? Because that's, that's where you, you guys will be looking ahead to. Um, and within what you think you potentially could do next season, how, um, how confident are you that this man can get it right? Now, look, uh, I have to say, um, you know, looking at this table here as well, is that your net spend over the course of this season is far... Uh, far outweighs anybody else's in the league. You can see Chelsea right at the top. The, the eventual champions, Man City, ended up in profit. Um, it's absolute madness. But but you guys have spent a hell of a lot of money um, and you haven't benefited. So it goes back to my point. How confident are you that Todd Bowley can get it right this summer for you to bounce back, as Chris said? Well, I mean, it surely can't get much worse than this season, can it? I mean, well, well you know, we'll see. Hold my beer, etc. Um, ah, <laughs> oh, look, it's it's tough. Everyone got excited, understandably, about the signings we made in January. And for what it's worth, I think some of them we've seen in Enzo Fernandez and Noni Madueke clearly very promising and have been some of the better players. Yeah, But it's going to take time for them to actually bed in. And it's also... I also feel 
it's quite hard to judge so many of these players when they've worked under four different coaches this season. Even, you know, that includes obviously Bruno Salter's one game interim spell. They've worked under four different coaches, different, very different coaches, different tactical ideas, etc. Like, I feel it's quite hard for me to form a really strong opinion on quite a lot of these players we built. Look, obviously the ownership, they could not have really done much worse. Yeah, I can't fault their ambition. Like, you see their money spent, the player sign. I can't fault their ambition. I think just unfortunately, it's just been a bit, probably a bit too gung-ho and there's just, they've almost gone about it too fast. When I compare it to, I say, I mean, you guys as a decent example, new owners, you guys, you've spent, but you've not spent ridiculous money. And if I'm, I mean, I still feel like quite a lot of your squad that's achieved top four was there at pre-takeover. There's still mm-hmm. a decent amount and you've still like, and you've just gradually built and you've not gone and made these like mega, mega signings. Yeah, You've just, you've been smart. So I think it's a case of what we need to do. We need to trim our squad because it's impossible. I've no manager, like working with 30 odd players. That's, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. You're setting him up to fail, fail because He's got to leave people out. People are going to be unhappy. And how you do? How do you do organized training games? You're going to have like so many spare spare parts there. So I think one of the biggest things for Chelsea is the outgoings. They need to just say goodbye to to a few players. Now some of those players, unfortunately, you know, might be going with who we do not want to go. And then there are others that just definitely do need to to go. But look, I think it's just one of the things. If Chelsea announce Poch, which be, it would be nice to announce Poch. We've heard that, like, it's all agreed, it's all done, but until I see that, like, visual announcement, part of me still just wonders, Poch is watching this going, is it too late for me to get out of this? Because it looks like a bit of a mess, but um, as soon as we get him in, and I mean, pre-season, get him in for pre-season, again, it's just for simple things. Players who are not going to be here, do not take them on the pre-season tour to America, and just take up minutes that you could be giving to having a look at maybe young players to include in your squad. Oh. oh no! Oh no! We did that. Last contracts were terminated about a month after that preseason, so it's just uh, it's just pointless doing stuff of that. Look, obviously, I know talking about there's going to be a lot of stuff about contracts and these eight-year deals that Bowley is handed out. Interesting ploy. Um, I kind of get it. I also kind of think, oh, player on an eight-year contract—that's pretty. That's pretty comfy to. To, to be to be to have a, uh, and lean back on, especially when you know some of these guys uh, are yet to prove themselves. Yeah, look, it's tough. I don't. I kind of like to think that hopefully Burley will take a bit more of a backseat. There's more of a structure in place compared to when he first took over, and he was doing sort of a lot of heavy lifting at the start and doing like acting sporting director. And I'm like Todd, mate, you like no, that's that's not for you. Um, so no, it's just. Oh yeah, it's it's a lot, uh, but I've got I do have confidence, but at the same time, like that's just probably my attitude. If things do not start well, if preseason does not start well, if the outgoings we need to do are still not out the door come the season time, who knows? It's going to be tough. But I think with Pochettino, hopefully that he can be the man to to take us in the right direction, and and we'll just see. I've got honestly no clue what Chelsea can do this season because before the start of the season, who had Arsenal? even in the top four, getting into the top four after how they ended last season, let alone challenging Manchester City, who had Manchester United really being back in the top four after what we saw last season yeah. under Ranić, Who saw you boys doing as well as you've done? Who saw Liverpool having the season they did? This season's been really hard and throwing a World Cup and it's just been a bit of a 
bit of a madness. So I feel it's really hard to tell because if Chelsea get it right and they get the right play, they get players out the door, and Poch gets to work with his squad. There's good players in this squad. There's talented players in this squad. Just get them. Just get a tune out of them, and who knows what could happen? If you know, we'll see. I don't have huge expectations for next season, but we'll just we'll just see what happens. Interesting, very interesting. Um, look, <laughs> you've talked about some of your players, so I'll, I'll, I'll run through some of them because um, I don't think you mentioned who you actually thought might stay and might go. So let's let's go through just just a few of, of the players um, that, that you've mentioned to see whether they're going to be here next season or not. Um, what do you think about this man, Jao Felix? Is he going to be there or, or would you oh. want him to stay? Do you want him I, to have, I have really mixed feelings about this player. He is really, he can be really fun to watch. And in a season where Chelsea have not been very fun to watch, he at times has been just like something nice, just out of the absolute darkness and the mess. And, but at the same time, there's also games where he's just anonymous and, I don't, I don't think he's even assisted yet. And I know, I don't know how many people are into their expected stuff, but I don't even think he's, you know, his expected assists are even like one yet. Like his numbers, like he's just such a weird player. But again, what I said earlier, it feels really hard to judge him because I'd like to see him actually in a stable team. What is quite telling is you see how well Atletico have done since he's left them. How their goal, how how they're scoring more goals, how just in general how they're forming as a team, they've improved. Joao Felix is not a priority to keep at Chelsea. He is one of those. If you get all your other positions sorted, then he is one to address. But again, I'm kind of just thinking like, could take him on a, another loan just because it's just so I can see, just just sort of treat him like you know when you sign up for all these accounts and you need like free accounts, or whatever. Just you know, set and put your email in. Just do that for another season. Just get him on another trial run and just see how he does. Because it's it's he's not been great. He's not been awful. He's probably been one of Chelsea's best attackers. Bibar is absolutely on the floor for that uh, this season. So I don't know how I feel about him. I'm sort of just like if he was to come on loan again next season, I would kind of be okay with it. Equally, if he was not to come back. Maybe it's just what it is. Maybe it's just like a, I don't know, a summer romance, whatever. That's all it is. Interesting. I'm going to go to a player that's been there for a while now. Um, and there's been talk about him um, potentially leaving. Um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, what, what are your thoughts about, about him? Some some circles of Chelsea fans are not best best pleased that he could be leaving. There's there's links with him and uh, an AC Milan recently. What, what are your thoughts about Ruben Loftus-Cheek? Ruben Loftus-Cheek is one of those where if he goes, it's for the best of his career and I can't really hold it against him or, you know, fair play to him. He, to come back from the injury he suffered in 2019 and to basically, you know, gone through that period relatively injury-free since then and actually been a useful player for Chelsea, that's quite, you know, laudable considering how, how everyone was talking about him after his loan spell at Fulham you know, right after that that injury. He's a player, keep around in the squad, yes, but equally for the sake of his career, if he wants to go, absolutely no ill feelings. It's a real shame with Ruben that he could have he could have maybe achieved more at Chelsea, but injuries, you know, have their say. But he is a very, you know, he's a good player. And he go, I think, a lot of, you know, good goodwill with the Chelsea fans. Hmm. Interesting. Um, okay, I'm going to go to a player now who is a bit like Marmite. 
Oh, if, uh, you, if Lewis, was, Lewis was here, he would be going off. He spent <laughs> a lot of money on this guy. Uh, Chris, we've talked about him before. Kai Hammer. Um, he is very much like a, a Marmite. But what, what, what are your thoughts um, on, on Kai Habits and Nick? Oh, as I said, if Lewis was here, he would be going off because uh, he is not not that big on Kai. Kai Havertz, again, he's been at Chelsea three years, three seasons, crikey. He's still living off that Champions League final goal. Fair play. Not a bad thing to, a, to have done. It's winning goal in a Champions League final. But uh, that's some serious achievement right there. But we kind of look at him and I go, for a Premier League season, I mean, I think he's our top scorer with seven goals this season, which, you know, we can get into it. Chelsea's own competition with Erling Haaland, who will score more Premier League goals this season. We're currently, we're leading by one. So, fingers crossed, we can get over the line. But oh, Kai Havertz, a very talented player, a player who I have strong doubts will reach that potential, reach what he could at Chelsea. In the Champions League, in the big games, he's a player who who shows up. Goal scored, sent us through against Borussia Dortmund this year in the round of 16. Goal against Real Madrid in the quarterfinal last year. Goal against Lille in the round of 16 last year. Gone, won us the Club World Cup last year. Like, he's a player that like, has actually won Chelsea and been quite some big mo, mo given some big moments for Chelsea fans but a lot of the time in the Premier League games we're kind of just going oh yeah Kai Havertz just sort of played today didn't he yeah he wasn't he didn't really do much the odd nice thing here and there he sort of sometimes just exists for 90 minutes on a football pitch and you're kind of wondering did Kai Havertz really play it's a frustrating one I think he could go to if he was to go to Chelsea and he was to thrive in the Bundesliga say Bayern Munich that would not surprise me and I don't think that would be a failing of Kai Havertz or Chelsea really some cl- players are just suited for certain clubs, certain styles, and he would just be one of those. Oh, Kai Havertz, I don't know what his future is going to be. I like him, and I will always have a lot of love for him because he won us for Champions League, and those moments do stay with you. And he has given Chelsea fans some great moments, but he's a mo- he's a moments player. He's not someone you can consistently rely on. Yeah. So if he was to go, so be it. It's how long do you, three years, we've given him time. I know there'll be questions about, well, we've not played him in his best position. What is Kai Havertz's best position? We're still asking this question three seasons in. We don't quite know what he is. We don't really know how to get the best out of him or what, how, it's just whatever with Kai Havertz. If he goes fair play, like, you know, he was still worth a transfer fee because he won us number two. He won us the Champions League. So, he goes, it would just be, it's just a case of what could have been, really, just what could have been with Kai, like like a lot of signings with Chelsea. He's, he's um, Nick, and I don't know if you agree with this, Pete, you know, obviously you, you tell me what you think as well. He's one of those players, isn't he, where, to me, and I don't know Kai Havertz positionally, I don't, I don't, you know, know exactly where he should or shouldn't play, but I know that he's not a striker and I know that he's not a winger. And he's probably like an old-fashioned number 10, but this day and age now, predominantly in the Premier League as well, a lot of clubs are playing with like a 4-3-3. And that kind of leaves him a little bit in no man's land because he's not a central midfielder. Um, So unless you're playing like a 4-2-3-1 or something like that, I struggle to see where Kai Habit fits in your team. And there's a a number of players with that problem. Um, It's not just Kai Habit, but... I agree with what you're saying, Nick. You know, you, again, moments moments of brilliance, like that goal he scored against us, uh, the 1-0, you know, where he, where he brought it down. The touch was incredible. Again, Dan Byrne, you know, at that momentary lapse of conversation, uh, concentration. 
brilliant, brilliant touch from Havertz, and he's got that skill, and you can see he's a high-level quality player. Um, but there's just something lacking, and I, I can't put my finger on it. And I think if, if Chelsea were to be offered, what, 40, 50 million, I, 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 think, I think they'd take it. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Again, it's one of those, if Poch is a man to come in, Ben Bizzle's a part me going, one last go of Kai Havertz, maybe. Who knows? But then we've, you know, we've got Christopher Nkunku coming in. You know, if Joao Felix stays, like this is a point, like we've got so many players for these positions. So you'd think surely one of them's got to, one of them's got to go. The last one uh, or last couple just before we, we move on. You've just talked about Christopher Nkunku and Chris, you That's were what I was referring, to. You were referring <laughs> to him earlier. I know you didn't know yeah. him, but I knew who you were referring to. Is that you've got Christopher Nkunku coming in who can who can play as a frontline striker, but predominantly off the left. But you've got a lot of players off the left at the moment. And one of them that's barely kicked a ball, which shocks me, is Raheem Sterling. Like, yeah. you guys spent a lot of money on getting him into the club, more so on wages than the actual fee itself. But he's barely kicked a ball. Like, what is the situation with, with, with him? Um, and do you see him having a long-term future at Chelsea? So, I... Yeah, Raheem Sterling. Ah, it's just, just such a weird... Weird season. He started off quite well under Tuchel. He's probably one of the better players at the start of the season under Tuchel. Scored in Podder's first game. Just went quiet. He's had like moments in games. We, we played Nottingham Forest the other week to all. And his sec his first goal is the type of goal you'd exactly expect him to score. You know, being in the box, finishing off charge. And the second goal is the type of goal we've seen seen him do before. Brilliant play. Sit a defender down and curl one into the top corner, which we've seen him do as he so many times. He's just such a weird player. And again, he's also... I don't know. Is he... Is he I think... It, this season has gone on forever, but so much stuff. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, that happened this season, didn't it? But I think I think he had an injury at some point this season as well. So that could be why he's maybe not played as much. He's an interesting one. Honestly, like, it's one of if an offer was to come in, I think you'd consider it just because of his age. But he's one of those. He's had one season. He, he is a good player. Poch, I think, could get something out of him. So we'll see. As I said earlier, it's, it's quite hard to judge lots of these players, certainly the new players in their first season when they've just had so much upheaval in the background. Yeah, definitely. And the last one for me before we move on to the next section is Conor Gallagher. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I thought you were yeah. going to break my heart and maybe talk about Mason Mount. Okay. That's no, 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 no. To be fair, that, that is very much an obvious one in that, um, uh, <sighs> that he looks like he, he could well be out the door. But Conor Gallagher, the reason why I mentioned Conor Gallagher is because he has been linked with Newcastle um, as a potential signing this summer. Um, why has it not been successful for Conor Gallagher? What has stopped him being the success that he that he was expected to be? I mean, he broke in at Palace on loan, got into the England squad, come back to Chelsea, but never really hit the heights. Is what from your observations? Why is that? I mean, it's a big step up from Crystal Palace to Chelsea. Yeah. He's being asked to do different things at Crystal Palace to what he's doing to Chelsea. For Connor, for what it's worth, and it's the bare minimum in football, but I can never fault the guy's effort when he puts on that Chelsea shirt, which you know I can arguably do for a lot of other players in this team. It's just like, what is his role at Chelsea? Where, where does he sort of fit into this Chelsea side? He's not a bad player, and he will go on, I'm sure, to have a good Premier League. He can go on and have a good Premier League career. I'm just not sure if it's at Chelsea. Right now, his role at Chelsea would be one of being a squad player. And if he was to be a squad player, you know, get, get you know, Poch, you know, just coach him well, etc. He could be, a you know, a handy 
how he played. There's a good. He's like he is a good footballer. It's just a question of is he, is he you know really right now ready for Chelsea? And when you're a club like Chelsea, and you've got all these promising players. It's going to be difficult, and not everyone can make it. He's not had a bad season. I don't think he's had a bad season. He's just been like he's okay, and he's just sort of been in and out the side. And it's quite hard, and he's had like substitute appearances. It's really hard to. I just don't really sort of know how I sort of judge Conor Gallagher's season. He's been like decent. He's probably been one of the better players under Frank Lampard since Frank Lampard's come in, albeit again a very low bar. But it's just like under Potter, he was sort of used almost as like this finisher role, sort of come on the 60th minute mark in games, just energy, sort of just runs runs around the pitch like a lunatic. Um, he's decent, like he's a good player. And I mean, I don't, you know, you know your score better than me. I obviously guess midfield is an area you're potentially slightly light on. So I think he'd be a good player for you guys. And I think, you know, we've seen Eddie Howe, what he's done to your to a load of your players, what he can do. I think he would be a good signing for you guys, especially if you've got Europe next season. I said, I think he is a good player. I think, I don't know what you guys read online when it comes to how Chelsea fans view him online. But again, take that with a pinch of salt, what, you know, online fans say about some of these players like he's going to be held to standards but like and the way and because stylistically is maybe not the most aesthetically pleasing he's also going to be sort of viewed in a certain way he's a decent player I'm kind of chill with him staying um at Chelsea you know he'd be a good squad player to have and you know he's one of the few that seems like really committed to the club so if he was to stay absolutely no issues equally if there was a good offer to come in and he was to go absolutely fine as well it's just one of those really Pete, this is this is what you were referring to earlier. Um, I, I, you know, I just had a quick look online. I named as many as I could, and then I just had a quick look online just to back up any I'd missed. But you can see there: Sterling, Ziyech, Hudson Odoi, Mudrich, Pulisic, Madueke, uh, Felix, Habits. So you've got you've got potentially. I know Habits maybe not classed as a winger, but you've got eight eight wingers if you like for two positions. And this is the problem, isn't it? I mean, have I have I missed anyone there? Um, by the way, Nick, or are they all your wingers, would you say? No, nah, obviously Hudson had always been on loan at Leverkusen this season. And that loan's not gone great. I think he's back, not isn't he? Future. Surely he's not got a future now. Yeah, I think I'd think I'd think I think he's yeah. I'd think he'd probably be gone. ZH PSG randomly wanted him in January. That was one of the funnier January stories. Why PSG would want Hakim Ziyech in January, I have no clue. But anyway, he, was meant, to go. he was meant to go, but we, we forgot to do all the proper paperwork, so he was just left stranded in oh, an airport poor bloke. God. So he, he's, I think he's our leading assister this season as well. I think he's got three assists, which might be one of our leading assisters. <laughs> like the bloke's like been nearly out the door. Honestly, it's a joke. He should be gone in the summer. I'm just looking about this. Sterling will be here next season, I think. Ziyech should be gone. Hudson Adoy, I'd be shocked if he's still here. Mudrik should still be here next season. He needs some media training. Christian Pulisic should be gone. <laughs> Noni Madueke should be here. Joao Felix, who knows? Kai Havertz, who knows? And I wouldn't really classify sort of Kai Havertz sort of in that winger role. Um, and not that's not really sure I'd classify Felix sort in that role either. But yeah, yeah, I'd like to think that Ziyech, Hudson Adoy, and Pulisic from those three are well. And it's a, honestly, Callum Hudson Adoy is again like a great shame, just a case of I don't think we particularly managed him greatly, but also him suffering an injury and we've just loans just not worked out. And it's just one of those things in his time has sort of just passed him by a bit. But yeah, there's oh god, I, I honestly like Christian Pulisic came on. The other week for five minutes against Manchester City, I was like, "Oh yeah, Christian Pulisic does still play for us." I forget. Yeah, it's it, we need to, we need to clear players out definitely. 
Yeah, that really. uh, good, great list there. Uh, oh my god, Jimmy's in the chat. Jimmy's coming on me again, man. You knew it. I said before you'd even come on. I said to Nick, oh. I said, Oh, someone's just made me laughing because Jimmy was already before the show started putting comments in about you. Uh, <laughs> welcome, Jimmy, in the, in, in, into the chat. And uh, you, yeah, if you're watching it back from earlier on half an hour ago Adam McCarthy just put yes um uh, I, I will get the magic back a magic hat back on at some point um uh, that's for sure but look um just before we move on to the next section um just your thoughts Nick on Newcastle Champions oh, League football mate I could talk about league. you boys I could talk about you boys for a long time so if, if you need to cut me off just go for it. I remember Come talking to you. Come on. Come I know but I remember talking so I should all stay because one of my best mates is a Newcastle fan. So I'm honest, honestly, I've been, I'm delighted for him and I'm delighted for you guys. I'm delighted for everyone in your community that you've had to experience this season and you've got, got Europe to look forward to. I mean, Joe Linton and the Bernabeu, what, what an image that could potentially be. Um, look, I remember when I came on in November, I think I said, you remember top four at that point. And I was like, top four is definitely on. You know, I think there was a, maybe a little bit of ambition of a title. A title charge was a bit, a little bit ambitious from some of you guys, but but your top yeah. four was definitely was definitely on then. And you've been, you know, you've been a brilliant team. It would have been nice if your defense could have not, you know, leaked the goals it had recently because Kieran Trippier was an absolute force in my FPL side throughout this uh, this season. But it, look, it's I know there's obviously for the outsiders, people go the owners like big questions around them, and I'm not gonna get into that here but just for 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 you guys the fans who have been your club had probably I mean you know Bemi your club probably felt like it wasn't yours for probably a long time that this club that you love the heart and the soul had been completely ripped out of it and you probably barely recognized it you you kind of loved it because it's your club and it's your thing and it's what you know but you probably also were just like it killed it killed you probably a little bit just seeing where you were. So to see your transformation, to see what you've done, if Chelsea are going to have a bad season, like I'm absolutely happy that it's you guys taking our place in top four rather than one of like the usual candidates. I'm delighted that for Eddie Howe, um, because like there was, before he took Newcastle, there were questions like he was a man who got like for all the good he did at Bournemouth. He was also known as the guy that got Bournemouth relegated. Yeah. Right. That was, what was a big thing held against him and it was like he's a nice guy but is Bournemouth his level type thing I'm thinking even you know before Bournemouth he'd struggled at Burnley etc and got far there so there were questions he's come to Newcastle but I just see and it kind of sort of this is what you've had sort of reminds me a tiny bit of what we had in Frank Lampard's first spell here where there's just a real connection between your players and your supporters and your whole club as a whole it just feels like you're all pulling in the same direction, there just seems so much love and so much positivity. I mean, I see sort of these like Joe Linton shirts with some of your fans, like you have it all with, with his face just splattered everywhere yeah. on the shirts. And I remember, because you know the beauty of TikTok, when you were playing your Carabao Cup final, there was an interview with a, a Newcastle fan. I think it was Sky Sports interview him, and he was like, he'd been sporting Newcastle for sixty years or something. He said, you know, he asked if he was nervous. He was like, no. He before the Cup final, he was like, no, because he was like, this is the start of a journey. And this is the start of a journey that you're on. And like this part, the part of the journey, like I look at what Liverpool achieved with Klopp and the success they achieved is great. But that journey they went on to get them for a Liverpool fans must have been so incredibly fun to experience. But And it's kind of how I'd like Chelsea to kind of go about things. Chelsea in my life just been used to hire and fire, instant success. And it's a brilliant feeling. 
but the connection at times has maybe been been missing at points. And I kind of look at what you can do now with your club. I mean, what I would say to people is I almost feel like from an outside point, you're ahead of schedule in where you are. I don't think anyone expected top four. So I would kind of just be like, if you were to potentially dip out maybe next season, not get back, not be in Champions League, you know, that's not the end of the world because this season has also been incredibly bizarre. You thoroughly merit your place in the Premier League table where you are. You've been superb. You've gone toe to toe with with the big boys. I mean, you've, you know, I feel just, it feels a bit unfortunate for timing sort of that Carabao Cup final just sort of seemed like you've, your form prior, you're in the league prior and sort of after that, a little bit just after the dip, they just wanted to be a little bit of a, a little bit of a hangover from that. And also in the lead up to the Cup finals, like so much excitement about it. And then you just almost like, we, I don't know, the occasion almost got a little bit, big for you but you bounced back really really well from that and you've just finished season strong i mean i was i was out uh in london my mate was running down the marathon a few weeks ago and i was coming back from training i'm seeing spurs of newcastle five and up against spurs and I'm like, oh this is wonderful this is absolutely <laughs> wonderful for me to see spurs getting getting beaten but no nah, i think you guys have been brilliant and i just say just just enjoy it because you know you you didn't expect this and this ownership what they've done for you this, this group of players, like, I mean, again, I look at someone like Joe Linton, who was probably a bit of a joke prior to Eddie Howe coming in, and now he's like, he's absolutely loved. And I and I see it, and it's just and it's just great, because I know you guys think of yourself as like, you know, Newcastle, like, you're a really big club, you belong here. And I know a lot of people kind of throw back, you go, oh, you've not won a trophy for so long, these clubs are really bigger than you, etc. But just as like a fan base and just as a community and as a team, it's just nice yeah. to see you guys just doing doing well i i it, i'm quite happy for you to you know i'm happy for you said there's no feeling of like you're a you're a rival this pains me in any shape or form i've got no ill feeling towards newcastle united i'm i'm happy you know if you guys said you two on the channel great guys your community but you've got on youtube great and i imagine you're all just absolutely buzzing you can't wait to get your passports out for your various trips to, to europe next season you you know you're you're going on a European tour, etc. Like it's going to be great. And the thing is, this point now, part of football, it's obviously like we love to win games of football and we'd love to, you know, win trophies and it's great. But it's also about the memories you make yeah. with your mates. Now I know what's up for you guys and all the guys in your community here, but I remember you've had some brilliant nights at St James's Park, brilliant weeks at St James's Park this season. You've had some brilliant trips on the road with with Newcastle this season. And then next season, you're going to make more memories. You're going to be, you know, be playing in Europe next season, making so many like. Memories, even if I mean, who knows? Because I think you'll be pop four in the Champions League, so you'll get a pretty, you could get a pretty brutal group. But you could be playing the likes of like Real Madrid, like Bayern Munich in a like the Champions League. That's what it's about. The Champions League, you want to play against the absolute best. Yeah. This is what it's about. Like you go, I still kind of pinch myself. Go, I mean, we we played Bristol Dortmund this this season. That's the first time Chelsea played Bristol Dortmund in a competitive fixture. I'm like, I've seen us play Bristol Dortmund. That's like that's a club that they're quite cool. Like I've seen us play by AC Milan this season. Yes, it's not the AC Milan of old, but I'm like, that's AC Milan. Like I'm seeing Chelsea play AC Milan. I'm seeing, and this is me who's like accustomed to Chelsea, you know, two European cups. And I'm like, this is still like really cool. So yeah. for you guys to experience this, and for I mean, there'll be a whole generation of fans who have not seen Champions League football at all, and also there's a lot of fans who wouldn't even have seen any form of European football because you've not played Euro any form of European football for what a decade or so. So it's been a long, long time. So I think absolutely, you know, from the outside, watching you play, watching the, your team. And it's, you know, it's not a team on paper where you go, that's an outstanding player, that's an outstanding player. But it's a, it's a team that's cohesive. 
that's, that shares a common goal, wants to achieve that goal. And anything you achieve with this group of players is going to be so special because you've been on a journey with them yourselves and you can feel so connected to them. So yeah. look, I just, just enjoy the ride because, I mean, you never know like how good it's going to get. So just enjoy it because this is probably the most exciting time I can imagine is being a Newcastle fan in a long time. So just enjoy the ride. I know you're now going to be... I don't know what it was like for you guys. You probably started. I mean, you, you probably started stressing about the top four this season. Like that, that's what, what's that? What are you doing stressing about the top four? And that's probably something to get used to for the seasons to come. Stressed about other teams' results in it in the battle for Europe, etc. But just, just I honestly, my message to you guys: just enjoy it because you don't know when these opportunities going to come along. You've got a great fan base. You've got you have loads of mates you go football with. Just enjoy it because these are the memories that you make for life and you don't forget. And that's what it's, that's what football is. It's about the memories you make along the way. And this is the start of something, I think, really exciting for Newcastle United. And I think, you know, this is a club that continue doing the right things and you they are going to, you know, they're going to be moving in the right direction. You know, they're going to, they're going to start upsetting some people. You know, in a few years' time, I might not be as friendly as I had towards you, Gus. You might be annoying me a bit more. You might be taking trophies of us. But right now, right now, enjoy the journey. You're, you know, you're, say, you're doing all the good things right and just enjoy it. Jimmy put in the chat earlier, he was like, you're, you're too nice. And uh, Jimmy, I think Jimmy's um, very much used to blood and thunder with regards to Newcastle United. So someone coming on and talk about it so positively. To be fair, we do get most of our guests are really positive towards Newcastle. Um, but yeah, Chris, we're, we're well aware that uh, these away days may well change um, in, in a year or two's time if we yeah. are if yeah. we're successful, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think the love will be there too long, especially as you say, if we start cementing our place towards the top of the table and we go and win, you know, uh, win the odd trophy. I think people people may feel differently as uh, as Nick suggested there. Definitely. But always, as always, it's nice to hear those positive comments about our yes. club because we have come from the absolute bottom, like bottom of the barrel um, under Mike Ashley to, to now be fighting Champions League. And it is a fantastic yeah. achievement. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, look, I think it's about that time we look at some stats. Double O Stato, I'm going to call you um, the predictor uh, is what we called you from last week because you were bang on the money. Uh, not not a Bond villain, not this time, um, not Doctor Doom, but the predictor. How are you, Keith? Um, uh, how are things? Are we are we still living in a Champions League bubble after last week, or are we are we firmly thinking ahead to uh, to um, to next season? Bit of both, to be honest. Um, bit of intrigue, really. I don't know about you guys, but um, it feels weird going into the last game of the season and just not really having to worry about or have any concerns about anything. Yeah. We're not going to drop out of the top four. We're not even bothered about third place because we're in the group stage. So it's weird not having a thing to think about with um, 
going into that last game of the season. So you've got one eye on to the future. I mean, I've already had a look. Apparently, the draw is going to be on 31st of August for the Champions League group stage. So you're already looking forward to the to the future there, really, aren't you? Um, and I'm sure, obviously, everybody at the club will be as well, won't they, really? And all the fans as well. Hopefully, we'll have some representatives there when the Champions League draw is made, uh, which would be a nice change. I'm sure we'll get a lot of uh, publicity for, uh, for our ownership being there, watching the draw live. But um, we've got our last game of the season away at Stamford Bridge. I'm not looking forward to some of these stats, Keith. I'm going to be honest, because our, our form there over the years is not great. But what have you got for us well, this week, mate? Strap yourselves in because this is going to be a bit bumpy for both sides. <laughs> uh, this because I'm going to mix it up with the present and the past, and yeah, so I'm going to start off with some head to head, then I've got players, and then I've got um, some manager stats, and then I've got some general to round off. Um, so Newcastle's all time record in this fixture played 172 games, um, since 1905, 155. Drawn 39, lost 78. So a significant advantage there to Chelsea in the history there. Head to head in the Premier League, played 55, won 14, drawn 12, and lost 29. And again, a lot of these figures here have been inflated over the last 10 years or so when Chelsea have been at that peak. But the head to head stats in the Premier League at Stamford Bridge, Newcastle have only. Well, Chelsea have only lost one of that 27 Premier League home matches against Newcastle. Uh, played 27, won one, drawn six and lost 20. Um, Chelsea have scored more goals in this fixture as well. Um, 83 goals compared to 48 goals to Newcastle. Chelsea have got the better defensive record uh, in the fixture, 26 clean sheets to compared to 11 clean sheets for Newcastle. And Newcastle have only won three of the last uh, 15 games against Chelsea. Three wins, one draw and 11 defeats. I promise you it gets better in a moment. <laughs> um, um, since the last one uh, at Stamford Bridge with two wonder goals uh, from Pape Cisse, um Newcastle have lost... 10 games in a row in all competitions at Stamford Bridge, uh, scoring just three goals and conceding 24. Um, the la- they've not scored in the last three games at Stamford Bridge, um, and Kieran Clark was the last player for Newcastle who scored against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge in 2019. Moving on to the managers, um, Eddie Howe's managerial record in games against Chelsea. He's managed 13 games. He's won four, he's drawn one, and he's lost eight. So he's averaging about a point a game against Chelsea. Um, Frank Lampard, I've got some um, stats here about Frank Lampard's managerial record against Newcastle. He's managed uh, six games, he's won three, and he's lost three. Um Lampard as well, unfortunately, since he's returned to Chelsea, he's lost eight of his 10 games as manager of, uh, of, of Chelsea. Um, he's lost eight, he's won one and he's drawn one. And his aggregate record as Chelsea, uh, as Everton and Chelsea manager this season, managed 30 games, he's won four, he's drawn seven and he's lost 19. So that's 19 points from 90. So he's not really had a a good time of it this year at all there, Frank, unfortunately. Um, Raheem Sterling, now I don't think he, correct us if I'm wrong, I don't think he's going to figure on Sunday, but he does have a good record um, 
in games against Newcastle. Um, he scored nine goals in 19 games against Newcastle. Kieran Trippier, he's created 110 chances for Newcastle in the Premier League this season. And that's the most for a Newcastle player since 2003-2004 season and the second most by a defender since Leighton Baines for uh, Everton back in 2012-13. 106 wow. chances Leighton Baines created when Everton were, in, you know, Everton were certainly in better straits than they are now. Um, a bit about the keepers here. Um, Martin Dubravka, um, he has two clean sheets in four appearances in domestic competitions this season. Um, he's also got two clean sheets in eight games he's faced against Chelsea. And Kepa Arizabalaga, he has nine clean sheets this season for Chelsea. So he's one of the better performers, I guess, for uh, Chelsea this season. Uh, and Newcastle, some general stats here. Newcastle have scored four goals or more in eight Premier League games this season. Now, that's as many times... Um, that managed to do this in the previous 10 Premier League seasons. So that just goes to show you, again, going back to 2011-12, how well they've done, really, and how how brilliantly they've done this season. Chelsea are guaranteed to finish in the Premier League's bottom half for the first time in 27 years. And that, believe it or not, was when we when we were going for the title and we finished second. I love it and all. Um <laughs> Chelsea are winless in their previous 16 Premier League matches against sides above them in the table. Drawn four and losing 12, including each of the last five games now. Um, Chelsea set a new club record, I'm sorry about this, um, of 16 defeats in a 38-game Premier League season when they were beaten at Old Trafford last night. Um, Chelsea have scored 36 goals in 36 league games, and that's the worst return in the top flight since they managed to score just 31 goals back in 1923-24. I'm going to be finished soon, don't worry, lads. Um, Newcastle are looking to complete their first double over Chelsea since 1986-87 season when they won 3-1 away. Chelsea with goals from two goals from Andy Thomas and a goal from Peter Beardsley. And Newcastle have kept 14 clean sheets this season, only keeping more in 1993-94 season and 2011-2012 seasons, where they both got 15 clean sheets. Nick Pope, um, he's been in goal and he's got the 14 clean sheets this season. Only Tim Krull um, managed to beat that with 15 clean sheets in 2011 and 2012. And that rounds off the stats great stats as always Keith top man and uh, you know what round of applause for your stats over the course of the season they have been absolutely spot on mate and it's been a pleasure to have you on away days that's for sure Um, some some not good stats there I've got to be honest for Newcastle but (laughs) um, one or two positives there Um, one or two have asked for you just to repeat the keepers got the goalkeeper's name again for Chelsea but What's his full name? I think I think we should just go back to the the recording of the last away days in November to hear us say it. Then <laughs> <laughs> Kepa Kepa 
there's a reason. I think there's probably a reason why people refer to the keeper as Kepa a lot of the time, don't they? You know. Yeah, that that is true. Uh, <laughs> I think people just wanted to hear you say it again. That was all. But <laughs> or as or as someone in the chat said, "Don't worry, Mendy will be playing in goal at the weekend." I think I think my um I think my feed went when I said it as well. I'm sure my internet <laughs> feed dropped out and drop was dropping back in. <laughs> Definitely, but um, like I say, great stats as always in there. As we always say, stats are there to be broken. Um, so hopefully we can do exactly that at Stamford Bridge on Sunday, but let's wait and see. Um, just before we um, look at the game in a little bit more detail, I just want to look at the um, the the tactics. I'm just going to try and work it out and get it on the board now. Nick, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong uh, with regards to what you think the starting lineup might be. There might be some changes in there. I've gone for the team that started against Man United. Um, but uh, you, who would you change in, in, in that team um, for Sunday? Would, would you make uh, wholesale changes or would you keep it how it was? What's your, what's your thoughts? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I mean, this game doesn't matter, does it? Um Silver didn't play, so I guess you'd probably put Silver in. Wesley Fafana had a shocker last night. Um, I'd put I'd keep Fafana in. Azpilicueta, oh, yeah. put, put Trevor Chalabar to right back. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. We'll take Azpilicueta around. We've got Silver and Fafana there. Um, Enzo Fernandez will play in midfield. I mean, yeah, kind of keep him in. Keep him in. Uh, it'd be nice. You know, we didn't let him go away with England, so it'd be nice to actually play him. Uh, yeah. And I guess Connor's there, man. Madweki, Mudrick, Havertz. I mean, I'm sure I'm trying to think else it'd be. Kai, yeah. Yeah, it could be. I mean, Felix could start. Who knows? He scored a nice goal off the bench yesterday. But who knows? Honestly, yeah, it could be something like that, I guess. I guess I've got no clue what Frank's doing. I'd probably... I mean, yeah, you've, you've taken Madweki out. That would, you know... I'd hope we don't do that. But again, you know, it's Frank. So who knows what will happen? <laughs> um, Mudrick, could, Mudrick could start. He might not start. Whatever. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, but we'll see there. But yeah, it's probably a similarish team. Close. I'd say it's closest team. I don't know. Frank could literally just chuck it all in. Who knows? But I'd say that's the team to we might see on uh, on Sunday. Mm. No fair play in there with Kepa Kepa Ariza Balaga. I think is how you pronounce it, but um, I could be wrong. But um, uh, the the Newcastle team is the interesting one because I tell you what, um, on this left hand side here we've got injuries galore. Yeah, Joe Linton, Willock. Uh, both ruled out. The Sells is out for the season. Richie's out for the season. Um, so we're down to the bare bones um, with regards to who could potentially start. And this is the team that I've gone for. It's almost, well, pre pretty much the team that started against um, Leicester on Monday. Um, but I'll ask you boys really quickly. Chris, would you would you keep with that formation, um, that, that starting 11, or would you change anything? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, do you know what? It's hard to predict, Pete. Um, as we said at the start of the show. Oh, excuse me. That was hard to predict as well. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, as we as we said at the start of the show, I think um, it could it could literally be anything. Personally, I, I like the look of that lineup. I think it, it'll probably be something similar to that. Who knows? Do we see Ash, Harrison Ashby getting the run out? Do we see Anthony Gordon getting the run out? I mean, could, you could see Matty Target getting the run out at left back. Who knows? Um but yeah, I mean, in terms of putting out our best team to go and win the match, uh, I think I think I, I wouldn't disagree with that starting eleven at all, mate. You could even argue that maybe Maxi will get a run out. 
but who knows? But yeah, that that based on form and based on what Eddie Al's been picking, you know, for the last few games, I would say that's probably, you know, the team that he would pick. Interesting. Keith, what are your thoughts about uh, Newcastle's team? Would you change anything um, with regards to the starting lineup? Yeah, I'm sort of like inclined to agree with Chris Hall's comments, really. I think it'd be a good, um, at some point, maybe not start, but it might be a good, with nothing really riding on it, to give uh, Harrison Ashby a run out, maybe late on in the second half or something like that. In order to get a glimpse of him. Um, <clears throat> I don't think he'll tinker too much with that uh, back four. Like, I don't think he would, um, you know, bring Shaw into the midfield or anything and then put um, Target in. So I think that would be as good as gets, really. And then maybe in the second half, you want to bring uh, Gordon on. Um, that's what I would say with that, really. Um, you know, get that pace in an, into the second half. Um, does, does, does ASM figure at some point as well? Do you think well, if you need to be, be, throw in yeah. the potential of ASM starting and maybe an Isaac or a Wilson maybe starting on the bench? I'll put Isaac on the bench just for argument's sake because he was there as well. But can any of you see that that potentially happening now? He's had a few games to get back up to speed. I mean, Isaac, Isaac took a little knock, didn't he, uh, in the last game and he, he mm. got a bandage around his leg. Are they going to risk him? Or would they just think, you know what, let's just leave him out and get him ready for the summer? What's the point in potentially, you know, a reoccurring problem? It could yeah. be that they just go, do you know what, just throw ASM in. Definitely. Um, it could well be the case. He's back fit now, ready to play. Um, you know, it could well be that they that they throw him back in. But that midfield looks like it's going to be the midfield that's that takes us forward because there are literally no options. And the only option off the bench is, is this man. Uh, young Miley, who I, I would love for him to get a run out um, at some point in the game, hopefully if we're in a winning position. But um, like I say, the, the, these starting lines for both teams could all change, but I just wanted yeah. to you know, yeah. get your thoughts on that. And it should be really interesting how it kind of works out, really, because, um, uh, you know, it, it could, like I say, um, the, the dynamics of the game and, and, and the attitude, I think, for, for most things, with regards to Newcastle players, could be the difference in terms of how we how we approach the game. But um, one player that wasn't in your squad on Thursday, um, Nick, was Raheem Sterling. Do you think he's going to be in on Sunday, or, or was it, is there an injury that uh, I wasn't aware about? I'm just, yeah, honestly, is he injured? He might have a knock. Honestly, don't know. I, I I didn't listen to Frank's presser today, so if he he might have a knock, I'm honestly not sure because um, he played against Forest and he was good. And then he didn't, and he featured against City, and he was decent. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he just rested for United. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not sure if he's got knock. I don't think he has. But we'll wait and see. Yeah, it was interesting just to see that he wasn't in the squad at all. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, we had said as we said earlier, we have a very big squad, so yeah. <laughs> we can we you know one of the uh, issues we've got to deal with. That's true, definitely. Look, um, we're getting towards um, the the end of the show. Um, we'll. End with a few questions. I think there's a few that's been um, uh, put towards Nick's way, um, and then we'll okay. get into the old prediction. So, what we've we got questions wise or or comments wise, um, Chris? 
Yeah, we've got a, got a few good questions here for Nick. Just before I start with the questions, I just want to say a big shout out to Tampa Toon um, with his super sticker. Tampa Toon, thank you very much, mate, as always. He says, good evening from the Champions League spots. Um, I've heard that before somewhere, and I think I think I know where. Um, nice to hear a pleasant opposition fan. A huge contract at LFC and MUFC's salty fans. Yeah, yeah, very true, mate, very true. Um <laughs> But yeah, listen, Tam Soon, thank you very much, mate. Really, really appreciate it. So thank you Brilliant. for that uh, super sticker. Um, and thank you as well to my daughter, Summer, who's uh, who's subscribed. So hey. she's she's now part of the Luda family. I thought she was already, but now she now she uh, officially is, which is great. Um this this question come in uh, from Brett C and Nick. This is an interesting one because this is the first I've heard. He says interesting quote allegedly from Frank when asked about the one thing he changed, and he said the way the team train. Have you, have you heard that, Nick? I think yeah. He said like I think the level in training is not the been good enough of a level required or something like that. I mean, Frank, you are the coach. Is that not your job to kind of sort out? <laughs> I don't know. I but again, this season's been a mess. These players are fed up everyone's fed up um it's a tough one yeah it's an interesting uh interesting thing to to yeah. hear it's given he is the one you know in charge on the training pitch but again this season is lost he's got as i mentioned he's got 30 odd players to deal with it's not an ideal situation to try and work through but yeah slightly uh interesting quote to hear earlier Nick, just really quickly because we didn't touch on Lampard earlier like what do you make of him as a manager obviously you, you guys love him as a player he's a legend yeah. at your club but as a manager like, it's, what are your honest thoughts about honest. him as a manager? Because I can tell you what my thoughts are. Yeah. Chris, and Keith, you, Chris and Keith, you could probably yeah, I'd imagine. Your... I'd imagine it's not probably not the most complimentary, which is completely understandable and quite a sane yeah. feeling. He's really weird because, <laughs> no, because his first year at Derby, I think, was decent, right? I mean, he gets yeah. into the playoff final, they lose the playoff final. I mean, it's Derby, they quite often lose in the playoffs. No biggie there. He comes to Chelsea, gets us top four. Brings in these young players and no one's expecting us to get top four. I mean, we get to an FA Cup final and we lose. Okay, we've lost a lot of cup finals in recent years. Like the first two years at Chelsea, like his first two years management, like fine. There's obviously clear flaws, defensive issues. Like we got that. But there was clearly signs of like a promising, you know, there, there were signs there that he could be a decent coach. You know, there were not, nothing was saying he was going to be outstanding, but certainly was decent. His second season at Chelsea starts off kind of fine. We walked through our Champions League group, top that. We are temporarily like top of a Premier League, albeit it's that co- like it's COVID, so it's all like quite. It's not really an accurate table because of whatever. And then we he just has a disastrous last month, really, and it all falls apart. And it was sort of, and we're left like eighth, but we're only a few points outside the Champions League places. We get back in quite quickly. I think he kind of came out of Chelsea still in a relatively good position, to be honest. Because he got us top four when no one expected us to. Like all the media was saying we'd lost Eden, we just lost Eden Hazard. We have a transfer ban. No one was saying we get top four. He'd done that. And his first step spin was actually just really fun as a supporter because he was playing the young players. We were sort of exciting, pretty naive, but it was just fun to watch. Uh, you fast forward to Everton. I mean, it's a difficult situation he takes over when he comes in. They're 16th, but they're clearly on the slide. They stay up just, they win some games you know, beat some of the big sides. They do all right. He does the job he's brought in to do there. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. They obviously lose Richarlison in the summer and don't really replace him. Also lose Anthony Gordon to your lot. Um, they start, again, I feel like they started this season fairly well. Like, I remember they drew with Liverpool 0-0 at Goodison and they probably could and should have won. 
Like they were, there was a point where they were actually quite solid. They had like decent defensive numbers, which are like Frank Lampard having good defensive numbers. And then it just sort of just all fell apart. And I don't, I mean, I'm not at Everton, so I don't know where it went, went wrong. And it just sort of seems that that Everton experience and how it sort of ended is sort of scarred him, just left him. Because the decisions he's made at Chelsea are not the ones that he made the first time around. It's a manager who yeah. seems almost scared and unsure of himself. Yeah. And almost like trying to reprove himself, but he's going he's against everything that did. What back to Chelsea? Do you think um, he's gone into management too soon too after soon. having that Everton experience? Maybe, but I mean, it's a tough one because this Chelsea interim spot again. I feel really hard to judge. He took over when we were eleventh in the Premier League. The Premier League season was gone for like, yeah. you know, none of those games really mattered. We weren't fighting for anything, and then he was brought in in the hope that oh, we could beat Real Madrid. No, whoever we hired was not getting us past Real Madrid. Um, but it's just been frustrating because he's not really played sort of these young players and done the things that made his first spell exciting. So it's quite hard to really judge him as a coach. What we've seen basically prior to him, what we've seen certainly this season of Frank Lampard has shown nothing to suggest he is a good coach. But prior to this season, while he was not, I don't think anyone sort of viewed him as an outstanding coach. I don't think we sort of viewed him as sort of the joke or sort of the, the meme he's almost become sort of you know, this season, like, I mean, what was it? Three wins and his, there was a point we'd won like three of his last 20 games in management or whatever, combining Everton and Everton and us. It's a tough one. I think he just probably needs to get a, well, I'll also say, he's taken some very like risky jobs at Derby who were, you know, who we see where they are now as a football club and their ambitions comes into Chelsea with a transfer ban and he takes on Everton, which is probably one of the worst run clubs in the Premier League and has been one of the worst run clubs in Premier League for years. And they could also go down this season. So it's also quite tough. And part of me was thinking if you put him in a Frank Lampard in a more stable environment, maybe like I, I don't know. Like clearly the signs are he's not shown any progression as a coach from his first, you know, when we first saw him first time round. He's clearly not going to get offered another Premier League job now. He'd have to dip dip down into the championship at best or or maybe lower. Um, it's a really interesting one. And look, him coming back, when he came back, I wasn't expecting much. I thought we might have got a few better results, but I honestly wasn't expecting much because I'd watched this Chelsea team struggle under superior coaches to him. Um, so, yeah, he's... I don't I, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably not as harsh as lots are, and I completely understand why they are because his, elbow, you know, his win percentage is... I mean, Keith in your stats said or whatever in your stats right like his his records with like this season is is genuinely abysmal was it 19 points from 30 games across the two jobs yeah. um but yeah it's a tough one i think you know maybe he just needs to just go away and just see what it does because i mean it's just tough and maybe go to the championship and just sort of rebuild maybe if he can try and get away from the spotlight a bit just who knows i mean you said steven Gerrard did great things at rangers you know ended Celtic's dominance there, which is no mean feat, comes to Aston Villa. I and mean, they're nearly in the relegation zone. Like It's just really hard. To, just certain clubs favour different things. And Rangers was clearly a good fit for Gerrard and, and Villa wasn't. So who knows? Maybe he needs to to do, to do go elsewhere. But it's a tough one. I certainly think if Frank was to go into punditry, you know, Frank, I quite like listening to you on like BT Sport or the soon-to-be TNT Sports. So, you know, just get get, get back on there with, with Rio <laughs> And everyone else, and it's no hard feelings, and you're always welcome back. There's no, I don't, there's no right ill feeling towards like Frank really from sane people. Like, there's not, you're not going to use an interim spell when our season was already over to actually hold against him or find reason to try and, you know, undo his legacy or whatever. Like, he's Frank Lampard. 
Nah, to be fair, I, I don't know if you boys could hear, but I could hear it yesterday. They, they, were, they were chanting for Frank Lampard even deep into the end of the game when you're already losing 4-1. So I don't think that will ever um, that will ever dwindle down his legendary status. Um, what, what else you got for us, Chris? I've got a few more. So, um, Nick, I'm sorry to bring this up, mate. I know you didn't want to talk about it before. Oh, but no. <laughs> Uh, Peter Watts oh, said... Oh, stop the stream. Stop. No. no. You're breaking my heart. You're breaking my heart. Honestly. Uh, does Nick think that Mason Mount is worth the price tag that everyone is saying? And I think the price tag he's referring to is around 40, 50 million. I think that's Absolutely he is. Absolutely he's worth that. That's a steal. Chelsea spent 62 million on Mark Cucurella. Yeah. 50 million on Mason Mount is a steal. Yeah, but is the three is the three hundred thousand pound a week wages that you want? Uh, a steal? Right. Yeah, because... we will see. We'll get on. I mean, wage. Honestly, wages. I've got no clue what's going on there. Honestly, when Juan Mata, the last transfer from Chelsea to break my heart was Juan Mata when we sold him back to Manchester United in twenty fourteen. Eden Hazard, I'd been resigned to going for years, so that didn't hurt. But Juan Mata hurt me, and and Mason Mount leaving Chelsea Football Club. The boy who assisted the Champions League final winning goal, who's come through the academy, been one of our better performers since he's broken the team. Oh, that breaks my heart. Yes. I mean, I don't know what the wages are. You know, he's obviously asking for a lot of money. Look, to be fair, he's been, he's probably one of Chelsea's lesser paid players because he's not signed a contract since, you know, making his debut ever in 2019, whatever. So he's probably one of the lesser earning players. And he's absolutely right to, to want more money. And when we've given the likes of Koulibaly and Sterling some of the money we have, I don't really blame Mason Mount for, for wanting the money he's asking, but obviously it would be nice if a, a compromise could be reached. But then again, we just hear so many different things from both sides. We've heard that like there's been no you know talk since February, and then we hear that oh they've been they're really making an effort, and we hear that it's, he's been offered an eight year contract. And then the stories that he was offered like a, a really lucrative one year deal. I mean, who? Why would he sign a one year deal? That that's just bizarre. It's really tough one. I mean, I think. It's quite telling the clubs are linked that are linked with Mason Mount, your Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United. I think that probably is an indication of the quality of the player. Uh, that certain sections of Chelsea's online fan base would be would do good to to recognise uh, the treatment of him in general. Ever since he's come into the team for Chelsea, it's been one of the most bizarre things I've ever experienced as a Chelsea fan. Um, but yeah, I think he is. Look, obviously, like I'm a bit biased. He's probably one of my favourite players of a Chelsea team, but. If Man United Arsenal Liverpool game, they're getting a very good player who will go on and achieve, I think will achieve great things in the game. And I think it's also would set a very bad precedent for Chelsea as a football club moving forward to lose one of your better performers over the last three years. And it's not the president you want to be as a football club where you're losing your players to your rivals. That's not a good look. Um, as I said, if it, if it is for, I don't know all the prices, but say 50, 55 million, what they're offering, that's a good that's a good deal on a player who also is pretty durable. Like his injury record is phenomenal. He's played a lot of football, which has probably not helped him in terms of performances this season, but he's basically just been run into the ground a lot, not just with Chelsea, but with England as well. But yeah, he's he's a good player and you get him get him like in the right system, right environment. Like he'll do well there. He's a very good player. Like he's been one of Chelsea's better players for the last few years. He's not like he's been Chelsea's best attacker. And he's not really even like he wouldn't really class himself as one of those in the forward line, but he's outperformed all of them since he's been here. Like he's a good player. It would be it would leave me very sad, and um, it would take me a while to get over, and it would kill me seeing him in a in a shirt of United, Arsenal, or Liverpool. So I hope that a miracle happens. 
not to put the knife in anymore, but it's looking like uh, uh, from reports today that um, Mount is set to go to Man United as a, yeah. as a as an addition to Rice apparently going to Man United because they're, oh. uh, they're well, who they're knows? Apparently, apparently Arsenal mates. were getting Rice. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, apparently, Rice and Rice and Matt are best mates, so it's a case they of are they signing are to uh, signing those boys together at Man United. But well, who knows, Chris? Yeah. What have we got for this fellow? Um, so I've got three more questions. Um, so I'll start with this one. To coin a phrase, says question for Nick: Are the fans going to go to the game, planning to stay for any kind of lap of honour or appreciation, or do you think you'll see the opposite? Will there be booing, protest, mm. or boycotting, or how how do you see how do you see things at the full time whistle? Good question. Um, oh, jeez. I don't know. I guess there's part of it that's going to be saying goodbye to Frank Lampard, giving him actually having the opportunity to say goodbye to him that we didn't get to as a player or as a coach for first time round. That's mm. probably the main part of it for fans. I don't think there'll be a protest or, I mean, booing. I mean, that just depends on the that lap of appreciation is going to be one of the worst things ever. It's going to, I reckon it could be similar to, I think it was it Spurs the other week after they lost to Brentford. Like, I don't think people are going to really be staying for a lap of appreciation. I think people are going to be like, get me to the pub. And um, that's a better, better use of their time. So, yeah, I, d- I don't think they'll be booing or protest. Like, it's been a, it's been a really poor season for first season for, for the new ownership, but I don't think we're at the stage of protests. Mm. Um, you know, I just think it's just a, a disappointing season and people just just go and just, you know, full time <coughs> with the goes and, you know, we're off to the pub. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get that, mate. I get that. Now, I've got two final questions, but I'm going to ask all of you this, these questions. And they come from a very familiar name, which I'm sure you'll all A legend, you say. A, a legend. legend. Yeah, yeah, legends, absolutely. So, uh, Mr. Keith Roll. Um, Keith asks, lads, who do you want to get promoted to the Premier League from either Luton or Coventry? So I'll start with you, Pete. Who do you think is going to get promoted, uh, Luton or Coventry? Just to appeal um, them. Uh, for me, Cov. Um, I- I've got to say Coventry um, for-, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, uh, my nephews and-, and nieces are from Coventry. Um, so there's a-, there's a family connection there. Secondly, obviously... Um, Callum Wilson's a cob lad, so I think there's a sentimental reason there. But equally, our uh, one potentially one of our summer signings, Mr. James Madison, um, is also from Coventry. Um, so again, there's that second connection there. So for those reasons, and the fact that historically there are they have been in the Premier League and, and been a Premier League club and, and have created moments in the Premier League. And, for all the turmoil and rubbish that they've had with the ownership and the the stadium and all the rest of it, playing games at um, what was it Northampton? Um, I, I saw them play. Um, it'd be nice to see that uh, them come back to the Premier League. Um, not against Luton, come back to the Premier League at all. Coming up to the Premier League, but Coventry have got something already yeah. of a connection yeah. to the Premier League, so they're my choice. Yeah. I mean, me me personally, I think um, I'd like to see Coventry come back up. You know, being a bit of a a ro- uh, was it a romanticist. Um, you know, it's it's nice to see Coventry back in the Premier League. However, you know, Luton first time round, it'd be some story if they were to make it. And I also I would be intrigued to see that away end. Like it fascinates me um, for the away fans getting in. Uh, in between houses, I think that'd be quite bizarre. So I'd like to, I'd like to go and visit uh, Luton if I could. Um, what about you, Nick? Are you saying Luton or Coventry? Um, see, Luton, 
my issue with Luton is that tiny away end, and that will be an absolute nightmare to get tickets for. Like, that is, it's kind of why, like, Bournemouth, like, I don't really have much, aside from having Bournemouth tended to get results against us, but they've also got a tiny stadium without trying to sound too snobbish. Like, you know, quite like for a like more than about a thousand of our fans to actually be able to go to to watch yeah. their team play away from home. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm also know that I'm going to get so fed up of hearing about the story about going through people's back gardens or whatever to get into that Luton away and next season where that is going to just get like become just a running joke at some point and I'm yeah. going to get incredibly bored and just get over that. Um, so I'd probably say Coventry. Um, as I said, yeah, Luton or Coventry, you know, I, I don't really mind, but I'd just probably just say Coventry just because it's a bigger stadium and it's, yeah. yeah. You get the whole back to the, you, you get the whole back behind behind the goal. So we, we uh, when we we're in the championship, we had Coventry, and um, when we had like Nar Ranger and, and Shodami Obi and players like that, we, I remember being in, in in the away end, and you get the whole section uh, behind the goal, and in I can't remember how much it is in terms of fans, but you, it's it's a decent capacity that back end, yeah. um, and so. You, you, when you when you go away from home, you want to get you want to be able to take as many fans as possible. And and like you said, Nick, you're quite right that the capacity for away fans is very very small at Luton, similar to uh, Brentford, similar to Bournemouth. You want to be able to take as many fans as possible. So another reason yeah. why I've got the, the best ones. But sorry, go. No, 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 mate, no. Um, and Keith, what about yourself, Luton or Coventry? Um. I'd be happy if either came up, really, you know, certainly from who, who was in line to come up. But certainly, um, Coventry, Newcastle have got a great record against Coventry in the Premier League. Um, yeah. You know, it was yeah. always a fixture I'd look at confidently. You know, I knew it would be a game, but Newcastle usually always ended up in the top when they were, you know, up and down. Um, and, I mean, Luton, I'd... It's going to be a funny one because imagine if they do win that game tomorrow, it's going to create an instant headache for the Premier League, really, because yeah. the the kind of the ground isn't fit for purpose for Premier League football. So where they're going to play the matches, you know, that apparently they've got Watford Vicarage Road, which is the nearest suitable ground, really, and that's like miles away, you know. So yeah. that situation, it's going to be very intriguing and. If that would happen, that predicament, because we're, we're, you know, playing at somebody else's ground for the whole season, it's not going to work, is it really? No, no. Um, so it'll be best off all around if Coventry do come up. But it's going to be, it's a game I'm looking forward to tomorrow, certainly, uh, over the weekend to see what happens. Yeah. The £170 million game, they're calling it. They get, that price rises every year, but yeah, £170 it million. really does. Yeah, well, that's like, We're buzzing off £100 million for, you know, Playing in the Premier League and the odd, the additional fifty million for Champions League football potentially, but one hundred seventy million for one game. Wow, crazy, Real. crazy. Um, and then last one from you, Keith. Um, even lads, who do you think will be relegated on Sunday? Uh, what do you think the scores will be for Everton, Bournemouth, West Ham, Leicester, and Leeds, Tottenham? Um, so, Pete, starting off, what what would you maybe, maybe you don't have to say the scores, but who do you think is going to join Southampton in being relegated? Uh, come what half six on Sunday? If I'm thinking with my head, <clears throat> it's going to be the, the team, the two teams that are going to be relegated along with Southampton, are going to be Leeds yeah. and Leicester, in yeah. my opinion. 
Um, uh, if you're asking me for my heart, I say heart, just any sort of feeling. Leeds and Ever uh, Everton. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah. Yeah. I, I think realistically that, that it, from what I wanted, that would be the only the only possible outcome. Yeah. Um, Leeds, yeah. Leeds and Everton. Um, but I, I do genuinely believe that Everton will beat Bournemouth, which means that they'll stay in the league, which means Leeds and Leicester go. Look, I'll be honest with you, if either one of if either one of Everton or Leicester go, I'm happy. So yeah. I think I think um I think Leeds are done. I think the only way Leeds can stay up is if they win and the other two would have to either draw or lose. And I, I just can't see both drawing or losing. Oh, is that right? I think so, yeah. Um, I think Leeds can stay up, but they've got everything's got to fall their way. It could even be that, is it Everton have got to lose and Leicester have got to draw? It's something like that. There is a, there's a possibility, but it's looking very unlikely for Leeds because they've got a really bad goal difference as well. Um, I think if Everton draw, Leeds can't stay up because Leeds would have to win like 8-0 or something stupid. But um, I think, I've got a weird feeling, I don't think Everton will win. On Sunday, both. Really? Yeah, I've just got a weird feeling. I think the pressure will get to them. I think it'll be too much. I think they'll crack. Um, because the, it, everything's resting on this game. And they're going to play Damari Gay up front. And I just, I just oh, don't. Is Dominic Carver Lewin injured? Yeah, he's out. Ooh. And I think it's it's huge, mate. Dominic Carver Lewin's out. And Nathan Patterson pulled up. Bearing in mind they haven't got Coleman, which means they're going to have to play Mason Holgate right back. They, 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 they just, I think the pressure's going to get to them. But. I do think, I do think they will still stay up because I don't think the other two teams will do enough. So I'm still going to say I think going down is um, Leeds and Leicester. To coin a phrase, is just put. Uh, but don't you want to steal Madison? We'll get Madison anyway. We'll get him anyway. Whether Leicester stay up or not, um, Madison will leave Leicester. Shall I say? Not that we'll get him because that, that's not a guarantee. Mm, mm. But he'll leave Leicester regardless of whether they stay up or not. So yeah. that's some of the factor. It might be that we pay an extra five ten million for him, or a team does. But yeah, sorry. Go on. No, no, no. You're fine, mate. You're fine. Nick, what are you saying? While you're talking, I'm going to see if I can find this lead table. But um. um... What, are you what do I think will happen? What my hope is that Leicester score, uh, Leicester and Leeds score early, so all three are on thirty-four points at some at oh, one stage. Yeah. That's that's my first hope because I want it. I want it as tense as possible. I because um, obviously Leicester's goal difference I think is better than Everton. So if Leicester yeah. win, if Leicester go ahead early, they're out of the relegation zone, and while Everton are drawing, because that Leicester point against you is now looking potentially quite huge. So Leicester with their superior goal difference to Everton go above, and whilst it's nil nil and Goodison Park, just you know, just get a, get a little bit mm. tense, just keep that dragging out a little bit. <clears throat> Leeds, Leeds are playing Spurs. Spurs, do they want Europa Conference League football? I don't know. Fun stat for you: no player scored more goals on the final day than Harry Kane in the Premier League. So he will, if he bags in a goal. Spurs also, uh, you know, have on the final day, have caused some teams some pain. They did us a huge favour a few years ago, beating Leicester when we messed up at Aston Villa uh, to get us into into fourth spot. So mm. Tottenham, you never know what they will do. Leeds, I think, are probably gone because I've, as I said, I think Leeds need too much to go their way. And even if Leeds were to win, I just don't think enough will go in their favour elsewhere because they need they need Leicester to to not win and Everton to, to lose. Um, so I, I do think Everton will stay up, though. 
got, as I said, my dream is that Leicester and Leeds score early, so it all becomes a bit tense. Leicester, I would have had no issue with going down, but their fans really bitter about Ben Chilwell, and it kind of makes zero sense to me. So I'm kind of like, know your place. Um, you can go down now. You, Remember you the fun. FA Cup final, Nick. Yeah, you were quite, you were really quite scored. fun. Yeah, you were quite fun. I quite liked you for like a little bit, but you're kind of becoming a little bit annoying now. So if you were to go down, <laughs> I have zero ill feeling if you do go down. I think Everton will will just about do it. Because also we're talking about Leicester being West Ham, but West Ham are in decent form. They've got players who are wanting to, you know, potentially play themselves into a Europa Conference League final. I don't think Moyes would go weak for that because there's a big gap between that and the Europa Conference League final. Or, you know, big if they don't play that game of the weekend. So, yeah, it's tough. I still think Everton will do it. But as, Ed, as long as Le- Leicester and Leeds go ahead early and all three are on 34 points. So it can be somewhat, you know, interesting and something to keep an eye on while I'm, uh, you know, somewhat interested in what Chelsea are doing. Yeah. What about you, Keith? Um, I think Leeds are going to go down. Um, unfortunately, because Leeds, when you think of how they came up and after all them years out of the Premier League with and with sort of Bielsa as well and that brand of football he created, I think it's unfortunate the way in the last year or so it's unravelled for them, but they're going to go down. And the fixture that told me they were going to go down was the when they got hammered off uh, Crystal Palace 5-1 at Elland Road. You know, how, the raucous atmosphere at Elland Road when they went a goal up and then let those goals in. So yeah. I think Spurs, they'll probably win about 2 or 3-1 uh, with Harry Kane scoring. I think, you know, Leeds might get that goal up, but they'll not be able to stop conceding. So they're going to definitely go, to, go down. And I agree with the previous comments as well. I think some by hook or by crook, I think Everton will get some form of result. Maybe not mm-hmm. a win, but they will get some form of result at Goodison. I think if you're looking for a man to guide you out of that um, position, it's and the best man for that sort of position is Sean Dyche, isn't it? Really grinding out a result, and that's what Everton will do, and it'll keep them up. Mm. And it's sad, it's sad to see Leicester go down as well, really, because they were a story, they were a fairy tale, but it's just gone a bit like Blackburn all those years ago. It's gone horribly wrong for uh, yeah. Leicester as well this season, yeah. season too far. Yeah, I will say, for all the script writers out there, it does kind of make sense for Jamie Vardy does score the goal to keep Leicester City up, given his whole story with with Leicester, but. You know, that's what the script writers want. But uh, yeah, I think Everton, it's in Everton's hands. And, um, I mean, but again, Bournemouth, though, nothing to play for. Very dangerous. They've lost three in a row. Gary O'Neill went one, lose four in a row. Very dangerous. They could, you know, they've got nothing. They've got nothing to fear. Everton under pressure. Who knows? That's true. Uh, goal difference, just really quickly. Um, Leeds are on minus 27. Um, Everton are on minus 24. And Leicester are on minus 18. So. Yes. Is there as well, correct me if I'm wrong, is there a little bit of, I don't want to say needle, but is there a little bit of history with Bournemouth and Les uh, Everton? Did did Bournemouth have to go to Goodison on the last day of the season a few years ago to get a result and they didn't get a result? They went a goal up, but they didn't get a result. No, they they won. They did end up doing their bit, but Villa got a point at West Ham, so they still Ah, went down. Yeah. Yeah. That was against Bournemouth, I think. Against Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, is that question is done, or is there? If there's a, if there's any more, I mean, sorry, I mean, if there's any more of your listeners want to ask, feel free. But yeah, no, we we don't have any other questions. Look, I can't well. remember what the guy from Del Monte looks like, <laughs> but uh, I imagine he wears a hat like this. So yeah, no, yeah, it's similar. It's similar. If anyone's asking or late to the show, this is we're on the beach. 
We're yeah. on the beach, look away we days. We're on the beach. We've got the beach hat. Chris <laughs> has got the has got the summer shirt on. Yeah, he, yeah. I'm ready. We're happy days. Look, even Keith Keith's got Keith's got a, a holiday haircut. He's yeah. he's, he's we're, on, we're on the beach, guys. We're, this is happy days for Newcastle. T-shirt, guys. t-shirt weather as well. We're all on the beach today. There you go, there you go. So we're we've all made a special effort tonight. Uh, we're on the beach, happy days. The summer holidays are here uh, for Newcastle United, and we're enjoying every second of it. Um, sorry, uh, crack on. What, what what else have we got before we go to predictions? Um, so where else are we here? Um, Bobby's saying if I'm Spurs, I put out a reserve team to try and avoid the Conference League. It's a good, it's a good point. Do they really want to? Do they really want to be in that conference league? Jake Curtin says we're on the beach. We absolutely are, Jake. Um, what I hear was saying DCL broke down in tears last week when he got injured. Oh, um, yeah, so he's yeah he's he's not in a uh, not in a good place. Jason Scott says Luton could borrow Wembley for the season. Genuinely, they're not far away. Not that they they would sell it out or anything, but they're not far away. Um, Jason Scott says if Luton come up, they could hire Coventry's grounds. <laughs> imagine that? Oh my oh, god! Uh, yeah, that'll be a. Uh, I don't know if Mike Ashley actually owns the ground, the, the the Coventry ground, but that would be very much a Mike Ashley thing. Yeah, if he would be. do that. Um, if, if he does, someone will, will correct me on that because I don't know the details. Yeah, but I think that I think that's us for questions, Pete. I think we're all we're all done and dusted. Well, um, as we get towards the end of the show, we always do those um, all-important predictions. So, Chris, I'm going to come to you first. Um, on Sunday, it's a late kickoff. I think it was it four half four kickoff. Um, so, at what seven eight o'clock? Let's say, what do you think the final score will be? And Chris is having a, a long think there, sort of a broad. I genuinely thought he was having a long think, <laughs> but his his camera's gone at the last moment. Yeah, he is. He's back, back in. Back. I'm, back. I'm back. I'm back. back. I don't know what happened. It's just as you asked as well. What would you? What do you think the score would be at half six? And then it just cuts off. Um, so I'm going to say it's a really difficult one to call this. Um, I'm going to say nil-nil. I don't think I predict many nil-nils. I'm going to say nil-nil. Yeah. Ooh, fighter. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. gone for it. Hey, I, I might as well uh, I might as well not load up the car with petrol for, uh, for, for, for Sunday. I might as well... Uh, no point going. My ticket, my, my trade ticket. <laughs> two, two nil-nils in a row. Two nil-nils in a row for Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go. Well, when was the last time that happened, Keith? You'll probably know. I think, I think there were a few... Was, wasn't there a few? Well, there was certainly were a few draws in sort of January, weren't there? January, February. <laughs> I think Arsenal, really, Arsenal, Arsenal, and Leeds were close together, weren't there? Oh yeah, they the were Christmas back, back New Year actually, period. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. Nil nil. Oh yeah, what a what a yeah, shout! Nil nil. Nil nil. Yeah. Um, Nick, we'll come to you. Um, from a Chelsea perspective, what do you think the score is going to be on Sunday evening? Well, I mean, Chris, we've not kept a clean sheet yet under Frank Lampard, so I'd back you to score. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, as long as we as long as we end up scoring more goals than Erling Haaland this season, 
I'm kind of okay. We said we we we've scored 37. He's on 36. Uh, if we can, if we can maybe get one against you lot, maybe maybe two to to make it safe. But honestly, I know Keith did his stats wrong, and it's you've got I you do truly have an abysmal record at the bridge. But like I probably said to so many different fans this season, you're never going to have a better chance to win at Stamford Bridge than you will now. Um, we're really not very good. I know I it's, it's depressing because like, I predicted I predicted we'd lose when I came on last time, and I'm probably predicting another loss here to be honest. Wow. Like honestly, I would be stunned if you don't score. Like Isaac Wilson, Almirano, if it's a maximum, like there's quality in there to score. You're probably you're decent at set pieces. We are a shambles at set pieces since Frank has come in. Um, honestly, fun day in the sun for you boys. I reckon you will win two nil. Oh, wow, two nil. Wow. Uh, and, and to coin a phrase, is, is absolutely right. Uh, a clean sheet could potentially give us the best defensive... Well, wait a minute, it would. You're absolutely right. A clean sheet would give us the best defensive record in the league because Man City conceded against Brighton midweek, which puts them... They've scored one more goal or they've conceded one more goal than us. So we, have the, we are now back to having the best defensive record in the Premier League. A clean sheet would ensure that. So you're absolutely right. Um, it's quite a phrase. And if Nick's... Prediction yeah. comes through, which I wish it will. I, say, um, I don't know. I say I don't know how strong your team is, or like how you take it. But that's obviously I'm going off basically the Newcastle I've watched or seen for you know for 36, 37 weeks well, of this season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it'd be nice if we could get a goal. It'd be nice if we could win a game at Stamford Bridge under Frank Lampard because we've not done that yet in his second spell. But uh, unfortunately, uh, no, Nottingham no, no, Forest no. was our best chance, and we blew that. So don't uh, start changing it now, Nick. You, you, so, you predicted uh, a two 0 Yeah, we will be two. I think you'll be two. Maybe, maybe if you're feeling generous, maybe if, you, if you're slacking, we might get a goal. But uh, two 0 or two one, it'll probably be two 0 to you. And maybe maybe a five one, I'd be feeling generous in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, we, we're happy to concede one, but uh, look for me, I'm gonna say. I'm going to say, I'm going to be generous to you. I'm going to give you a goal. I'm going to say it's going to be 2-1 to Newcastle. I think Newcastle will win. Stafford Bridge, if there's any time to win at Stafford Bridge, it's now. Um, I think you know, we've got a couple of players missing, but a couple of players I think will be hungry to prove their worth. I think Callum Wilson is going to be wanting to get to 20 goals this season. Before he before he sets off for his holidays, and I think there will be players that will be gunning for for goals and and, and gunning for a positive result. So, I do think Newcastle could potentially win two one. Um, however, uh, what does the predictor say, um, Mister uh, Statman Keith Double O Stato, uh, the predictor um, Drax, if you want to call him Drax <laughs> with the facts. Um, what what do you predict for this game on Sunday? To be fair, Chris, he's been on he's been on the winning. Yes. Yes. I called I called the Liverpool game right on the last show as well. I said it would be I said it, it could be a one one, and it mm-hmm. happened. And I was overjoyed on a Saturday evening when that we finished a one one. Um, well, this is going to be a changed game, really. Um, it's really difficult to call this one. Um, I know Chelsea have been in awful form. Uh, but there is a few changes. Newcastle's also going to be a changed team. There's going to be Chelsea players who are going to put themselves in the shop window as well, aren't they really? Because they are going to have a sell-off. So there's going to be players in front at the end of the season who will want to, to play well, really, to get the next move. So yeah. 
I think there's going to be this is going to be a wildly entertaining game for you, Pete, on Sunday when you're down there at Stamford Bridge, and I think Newcastle will lose will will end their losing streak at Stamford Bridge, and I think the score will end. That will be the score if you can see it. That's right. Little Desmond. Desmond. Desmond, Ooh. yeah. I think goals flying and everywhere, and I'll finish 2 2. Panic over everyone in the chat. Um, he, he didn't say we're going to lose, which was what yeah. we thought it was. <laughs> is that we're going to lose our losing run if you if you were right in what you were saying, and that it's going to be a Desmond 2 2. Um, let's see. He's not been far off the money so far. Um, but yeah. Uh, the predictions are in, guys. Put your predictions in the chat. There's a few that are already putting theirs in already. Uh, what do you think Newcastle um, Newcastle United against Chelsea result is going to be? Um, but, guys, uh, the predictions are in. And that signs off a fantastic away day season um, on Loaded Mag NUFC. I have to say a huge thank you um, to Nick from um, the Chelsea, uh, that Chelsea pod. Um you guys are on Twitter as well. Uh, check these guys out uh, um, uh, on on their channel. A fantastic channel. And it's been an absolute pleasure for both games having you on representing us um, uh, as our opposition fans, uh, Nick. And thank you for coming on again tonight. I have to uh, say, yeah. massive, massive thanks to Keith, um, Statman, uh, Double O uh, Stato, Jaws, Drax, the with a fax predictor, whatever you want to call him. Um, as what's been said in the chat as well, um, regardless of what what his name's been called, regardless of his predictions, his stats are absolutely unmatched um, yeah. on any Newcastle United um, YouTube channel, that's for sure. And we appreciate all your efforts over the course of the season. And look, from myself and uh, Chris's point of view and from the other lads that have joined us on away days, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on um, over the course of the season. Um, well, two seasons now. Uh, sharing your stats with us. So uh, a massive thanks for everything you've done, mate, um, over the course of the season. And um, it's been a pleasure, as always. Um, and look, um, the old Brandy and Blaze, um, always in business, um, always a pleasure, never a troll. Chris, uh, absolutely spot on, mate. And um, the way days uh, wouldn't be the same without you, uh, that's for sure. And uh, last but not least, every single person in the chat that has joined us over the course of the season. So many have come and joined us tonight. I really, really do appreciate it. Uh, not always possible on a Friday night. People are out drinking, going for meals, spending time with the family, all the rest of it. But the fact that you, we've had over 120, 30 plus that have come and joined us at one at any one time during the show tonight. Um, thank you for your support over the course of the season. It would not be the same without you. Your questions, your comments, your support for the to, for the visiting opposition fans, and of course your support for us as a channel. It means the absolute world. And look, the away days will continue next season. We don't stop. We won't stop. And there'll be plenty, plenty more coming from an away days perspective. But look, just to give you a little flavour of what's to come on the channel in the next few days, we of course will be having. Um, um, a loaded reaction show on Sunday. Um, times and, and, and show times uh, will be uh, confirmed later on. So keep an eye on YouTube. Make sure you've clicked that um, that uh, signal bell um, to make sure that uh, um, you are aware of any show that comes available. Um, we've got the man, the myth, or should I say, 
Um, let me just go back one second. Sorry, Chris. Um, oh, sorry, the Nick, man sorry. Smith, the legend, uh, Sean Casey, uh, will be joining us with all of his transfer um, uh, information uh, for what he knows and what he assumes could well be our summer movement. Um, he'll be back. And uh, we'll have also a return of Antonio Mango. Um, he will be mangoing us with his opinions on key positions uh, for Newcastle United in the summer um, and giving us a lowdown on his thoughts on who would be the best um, uh, best match for our club in terms of strengthening this season. And that's just a little snippet of what's to come um, on Loaded Mag NUFC um, over the course of the next week. And we will be very, very busy over the summer with more content. So keep an eye on us. Um, keep that notification bell going. And of course, like and subscribe. Anyone that hasn't clicked the like button on the way out, make sure you do so uh, in support of the channel. That's for sure. And of course, thank you for watching. Like, comment, subscribe. Um, as Chris quite rightly and quite well timely put on the screen, make sure you come and support us um, in everything that we do. Um, Chris, anything to say before we head out? No, just a big thank you to you, Pete. Um, Pete, Pete, as you all will know, Pete introduced away days, and it's it's just grown from strength to strength. Absolutely fantastic show. Love having all the away day guests on. Really sad that it's the last one of the season, but we, the anticipation will build, and I can't wait until we start up again in August for the away days. Definitely. Uh, we'll, we'll be back with a lot more. But until then, you guys, take care. Have a fantastic Friday evening. And, of course, we do love... Playing away. Signaled out. And how do you like that? Drink it.